Welcome into College Gridiron. I'm Ryan Gregware, joined by Tyler Hu, Danny Scott. Guys, I'm fired up for this one. Um, you know, it was an off week for you, Danny. How about we start with that, too, because you were actually in Notre Dame for Notre Dame USC. Uh, we're not going to talk about that game a ton because Notre Dame's kind of irrelevant this year in terms of the big picture. That was a low blow. I'm sorry, but how was that experience, my friend? You know, anytime you get to see a big college football game like that, it is just unbelievable. And Notre Dame USC might be one of the biggest ever. That, that rivalry is off the charts in South Bend, my first time in South Bend, getting to see that stadium, tour the campus, even managed to sneak my way into the locker room and touch the play like a champion today sign. So what an unbelievable experience. Got to go with my dad. It was it was amazing. I was sad I couldn't be here. We tried to figure out how to work it out, maybe get me on Zoom while I was in Chicago. Couldn't get it done, but I'm glad you guys had a good week last week, and I think I might have had a better week. Yeah, me and Tyler did have a great time in the studio doing the show. Always love doing it with you, Tyler. Some takes were flying around the board. We'll get into all that. Some were wrong. Some were right. I think that's a theme. You know, no one has been even close to perfect this year. But it was a pretty good week. Tyler, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Man, there's some great games this week. Obviously, last week, a couple right, a couple wrong takes. Oklahoma State being a playoff team flew off the board. That is completely <laughs> wrong. Hey, I did get one pick right. I did call the uh, UCLA-Oregon game being over. So, listen, I'm glad to be back, back with Danny and Ryan. It's going to be a great week for college football this week. Yeah, um, yeah, that Oklahoma State, you know, we, we talk so much about them. And the one thing I said, like, yeah, you know, knowing us, we – devoted like a whole segment to them they're gonna just lose this week and be irrelevant and that's exactly what happened but I think where we need to start is kind of a trend the last I think month or so we've started with a game we didn't talk about the week before that was kind of an upset one that we did not see coming that was Penn State losing in nine overtimes at home to Illinois absolute shocker I definitely didn't see it coming. I was sideline reporting for the men's for the men's football team, um, and I was just I was scoreboard watching on ESPN, you know, on the sideline because I couldn't believe it even gone to overtime. Nine overtimes, the first ever nine overtime, I believe. But Illinois is able to basically end Penn State's season. You know, we cliche it's a double elimination tournament in college football. That's Penn State's second loss. They're absolutely done. They have no chance at the playoff when. Even four weeks ago, it looked like they could have been the best team in the Big Ten, but that is no longer. So just overall, Danny, I'll start with you. Illinois shocks Penn State. Your thoughts? Yeah, like you mentioned, nine overtimes. First game to ever go into nine overtimes, and the over does not hit. (laughs) I want to talk about Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes back a few years ago. They, oh, this was not on my thing, but that, that, or yes, it is. Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes, 66-59 and seven overtimes. LSU, Joe Burrow versus Kellen Mond, 74-72 and seven overtimes. Penn State, in nine overtimes, managed to get 227 yards of total offense. That is just unacceptable in the Big Ten. That conference is way too good to only put up 227 yards. And Illinois, on top of that, did not play a great game. They played good enough to beat Penn State. But Penn State or uh, Illinois had three turnovers and still found a way to win. That that I mean, Penn State. I think I've mentioned this before. I don't think they're as good as everyone says they are. Uh, back when the Iowa conversation we had, I had Iowa head and shoulders better than them. Obviously, I was not as good as I thought. But I mean, for Penn State to lay an egg like that this late into the college football season, it's it's kind of unbelievable. It's 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 amazing to me that they were man. It, it, Managed to lose this game. Yeah, well, regarding the Penn State uh, Illinois game, that is the ugliest football game I've ever seen. I'm gonna be honest. Yes, over didn't hit. How the over didn't hit in nine overtimes? Hilarious to me. But I was just watching that game. The theme of Penn State, their defense is what like we've hyped them up to be all year. All year, their defense is so good. Their defense gives up two two guys. Over 140 rushing yards. One guy over 200 rushing yards. 223 rushing yards for um, Chase Brown and a touchdown. I mean, Iowa's. Cor- I mean, Illinois' quarterback had like a broken wrist, and they still managed to win the game. Illinois. I don't know how the hell they won the game, but it was the worst. I'm gonna be honest. Watching the studio, it was the worst game I've ever seen in college wow. football. I was extremely like I was extremely bored watching by the sixth overtime. I was like, please run the ball. 
Illinois has over 340 rushing yards. Just like run the ball, put it in the end zone, get this game over with. I want to go home. I don't want to watch this anymore. But yes, Penn State season is over. As Stephen A. Smith once said, we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived by Penn State. This is not as good of a football team as we thought. Uh, next year is going to be a crucial year. We don't know if James Franklin's going to be back. He could be the new USC head coach. Could be else. He could be anywhere. This is going to be a very interesting year for Penn State. For Illinois, nothing special. Cool upset win. Illinois is not a good football team, but it was a it was a very un, like painful to watch game. But it's definitely something we got to talk about because it's history. It's literally history. Never seen a nine overtime game. But yeah, um, tale of just grind of a Big Ten game, but you know, it's yeah, it's a, it's not really a game that I would like to revisit. Yeah, you brought up the James Franklin thing. We'll get into that in a second, but the thing with this is, you know, you look at three, four weeks back, whenever it was, Danny kind of alluded to it. The Iowa game, you know, Sean Clifford gets hurt in that one and they're up seventeen to three when that happens. They lose the game. They literally I think got like four first downs the rest of the game. They could not move the football without him. And you kind of saw that loss, and while it was bad, and while they had chances at the end to put it away, you kind of, at least I did, I took it with a little bit of a grain of salt. They absolutely, in my opinion, still win that game with Sean Clifford. You know, him playing horrible in this one doesn't change that, but that kind of gave me the confidence in Penn State that I still had. You know, I didn't think that they would, we'll get into this game in a little bit, beat Ohio State this week. I, I didn't think that, but you thought they could have beat a Michigan or a Michigan State. You thought they were still a top 10 at least, at the very least, top 10 program team in the country this year. Now I don't think you can say that. Losing at home, too. That's the other aspect. You know, we've seen Happy Valley this year been rocking. It's been alive. It wasn't quite that this Saturday, but that home field advantage is absolutely crucial in college football. You know, it's one of the best atmospheres in the country. So to not have that, to have that, I should be saying, and to still lose to an Illinois team is just not a good football team, as Tyler kind of brought up. It's a really bad loss. It absolutely ends their season. And the thing I want to get into now, you brought up James Franklin. Rumors have been swirling. LSU, USC, they asked him this week you know, about these, and he said he's focusing on Illinois this week. He just lost to Illinois last week. He meant Ohio State. But that kind of answer got a lot of people talking. I'm interested because we've heard for a few years now, you know, it's kind of been a ticking clock. When is he going to leave? When is he going to leave? It looks like this is the first time those rumors are starting to really turn into something. I have a good friend who goes to Penn State. He's been saying for years, you know, it's ridiculous, these rumors. This is the first time he's, and he's a huge Penn State fan. This is the first time he is really believing that James Franklin's out after this year. You know, it's weird because they have the number one quarterback recruit coming in next year, but there are definitely real questions surrounding his future. Tyler, I'll go to you. I personally don't know if I see James Franklin leaving. I think, you know, any answers about these questions, it could be for leverage, stuff like that. We see it try to get a bigger contract, but there's real chatter that he could leave to this LSU or USC job. Indeed. I mean, James Franklin, first of all, beloved by Penn State fans, he's basically turned that program around from where it was in the extreme turmoil days of the major scandal that happened in the early 2010s that I want to talk about, but... James Franklin is a good head coach. He's a very I'd say he's a very good head coach. The players love him. He's well respected by the um by the Penn State Athletic Board. And he's he deserves a coaching contract extension whatever it is. The thing from what I've heard, from what I've heard from Ryan, your Penn State friend that is also now my Penn State friend. We don't know. James Franklin, I think he just signed um got a new he just um signed with a new agent from what I've heard. Based on Twitter, on yeah, Twitterverse, he, he signed with a new agent. Hey, if that's if that's true, that is a massive deal. That that pretty much, I think that pretty much signifies that he's gone. I mean, unfortunately for Penn State fans, I could be very wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I like, I like, I really like what Penn State's building. They build the culture. I love it when they keep. They're competitive in the Big Ten. They're a great. They're a great football team. I respect them a lot. But I think James Franklin might be gone. Whether it's to LSU, to USC, or I don't think to the NFL. I don't think he's going to the NFL. But like. One of those two jobs that could offer him big money. And, hey, when you, when you sign with a new agent, that's a big deal. That means hasta la vista. That means something's going to happen. Something is going to go down. So I don't know where this takes Penn State. Obviously, you mentioned they have the number one quarterback crew coming in. They're headed in the right direction as a program. But losing James Franklin is going to be t- very, very tough on them. 
Now, if they find the right replacement, it'll it'll be smooth sailing. But you know, finding a new replacement as a head coach in college football is always difficult. We all know this. I know this. You know this, Danny. You know this. It's it's tough with all the turnover that happens in college football today. So we got to see if Penn State can hopefully keep Tim Franklin. But if not, they're going to have to find the right replacement to keep that program on the right rails. Yeah, see, I'm going to go against the grain here. What has James Franklin actually done for Penn State? Sure, he took him to I a Rose Bowl. A he he took him Same. to a Fiesta Bowl. I think he's a good coach, but I think it's time for a little bit of a culture change there. I mean, they, he's got the ball rolling. Get someone in there that's a little bit better. Bring Get someone that's going to bring a little bit of a fire. I, I mean... The, the thing with college football is you need to see results quick. And James Franklin really hasn't done much in his eight years there. I I like the guy. I think he'd be good at LSU or USC. He'd get in there, change the culture a little bit, just like what I think Penn State needs. Penn State is a good football program. they got a lot of history. I just don't think James Franklin's that guy that's going to be able to take him to the promised land. Well, here's the thing I'll say. Penn State was an absolute shambles 10 years ago. They were the disgrace of college football, one of the disgraces in the world for, you know, we don't need to we all know why. We yeah, all know indeed. what happened there and so I think what he's 56 and 23 there. I get it. They haven't they haven't really returned to glory. And the one thing I'll say, it's not like Penn State Yes, they're. I think they're the second tier of blue bloods. They're not a USC, a Texas, one of these top schools where they're you know supposed to be winning championships every year. He's got them to a level now, though, where you can look at that, and that is the next step, Danny. And right now, he still hasn't done so. So I agree with that aspect. But right now, they still as of right now, and stuff always changes. But I believe they still have the number one recruiting class coming into next year. I know for a fact they have the number one quarterback coming in. So you look at that. You look at you know I get the building, and now maybe this is a plateau, but this is a pretty good plateau. It's a really bad loss, and there's a reason that a USC and an LSU are looking at him. Like, there's a legit reason. It's because they know what he did. They know how he turned this around. I get the culture thing, but you would take a huge risk. There's a Penn State here. I'll put it this way. Penn State's not letting him just leave. They're not going to terminate his contract or anything. If he wants to leave, it's going to be on his own power. It's going to be USC or LSU buying him out and bringing him in. There's no way that he's his job security at Penn State is kind of on the seat or on fire or anything. Like he is Penn State football, and so they should, I think, do everything they can to keep him. Um, I, you know, obviously he hasn't had the big signature wins here and there, but what he's done for that program, I think it's a no-brainer. You know, you do everything you can to keep James Franklin at Penn State. I'm not. I'm not going to refute your argument. I got a little bit of a different take on it. I think your argument's good. I. I'm just a part of the class where. If you can't get me to where I want to be, why am I keeping you around? No, I get that. Um, and another coach, and we'll shift to this game. I think is Mike Gundy, who's probably reached a ceiling. He's been in Oklahoma. He is Oklahoma. He is Oklahoma State football. There's not many other coaches where that just really is the theme of them. And so last week we've talked about this in the intro. Me and Tyler kind of talked about. It. You looked at this Oklahoma State team quietly out of nowhere, ranked number eight. Coming off a win against Texas, one that I picked against two weeks ago with Danny. So I've been wrong on them. You looked at their schedule. It was very doable after Iowa State. You had Oklahoma in three weeks, and we talked about that game as a playoff game. If both teams went into that game undefeated, the winner of that game was going to the college football playoff. Tyler, I don't know how hot of a take you gave, but I believe you were like all the way in on Oklahoma State. Yeah. So that obviously, what they end up doing, they lost to Iowa State. Right. So that's how it goes when we gas up a team, when we spend a lot of time, they instantly lose. Um, this loss, though, it ends their playoff chances. Not that really, like, we were kind of kidding ourselves. We were looking into the tea leaves a little bit. Yes, they're ranked number eight. They had no real signature wins. Texas is nice. They're in and out of getting ranked every week. You know, K-State looked good early on. They've kind of fallen off a little bit. So it's not like... Oklahoma State was beating a ton of teams up. And this is one I know Iowa State wasn't ranked. I believe they are now. That's still a really tough task. That was a top 10 team going into the year. So you look at it from Oklahoma State, their playoff chances are done. They are still, they can still get in your six bowl, I guess. And I guess that is what you get with the Mike Gundy team because you're not going to make the college football playoff. You're not going to win the Big 12 championship. But I still was surprised to see Oklahoma State fall to Iowa State. 
Yeah, indeed. I mean, like, I was surprised too. You know, Ryan, last week I was, I had you on the ledge jumping like, hey, I was hyping up Oklahoma State like crazy last week. I was talking about, oh, their balanced attack. They have an unbelievable running attack led by Jalen Warren. They're they're the only team that plays defense in the Big Twelve. That statement still rings true. They they didn't play bad defense. It's just they lo- they just got outplayed by a solid Iowa State team. This is not a bad Iowa State team by any means. I believe they're ranked this week. It's and it's weird because like I was gassing them up so much, and they were they came to that game major underdogs. Actually, they were like I think seven point underdogs. Now looking at the spread, maybe that's changed. Obviously, the game's over, but that's a solid Iowa State team. Oklahoma State, I know their playoff chances are done. One, I know you said college football's double elimination thing, but like when you're not a first tier blue blood like in Alabama, Georgia. Well, we don't really talk about like Texas, USC like that because they're not there yet. But you're you know, not, I, you know, I, you can't don't lose. put Tennessee in that conversation. No, I just said Texas. Oh, okay. Oh no, no, not Tennessee is like a fourth tier right now. I'm talking about like the first tier of blue bloods. <laughs> this Oklahoma State team is like a third tier team, a solid team, always been consistent throughout our teenage years. I could say from like Des Bryant, Justin Blackman, Brandon Whedon, like they've always been consistent, but they've never been one of those elite teams. They're gonna get a New Year's Six Bowl for sure. They're a great. They're a good team. They'll be ranked, I think, probably twelve by the end of the year. But this and they could also spoil Oklahoma's playoff chances. We all know that this is very possible. However, yeah, this. I. I mean, I'm gonna admit I was wrong, but I mean, I still am pretty in on this Oklahoma State team. I think they could do something in the future. I like how, what they're building there. I think Jalen Warren's a good running back. I like their defense. I. I and Mike Gundy. Yeah, you talked about Mike Gundy. Ceiling, yeah, kind of, but he is Oklahoma State. Running back to that rant from 2007, greatest rant, probably one of the greatest rants of all time. This man personifies Oklahoma State Cowboys football. So I think he, well, this is a, yeah, Oklahoma State's at a weird place right now. I still think that they're going to be good for the next couple of years, but yeah, no, they're not, they're not a playoff team by any means anymore. So it seems that I'm going to be the villain on this podcast <laughs> this week. Um, <laughs> I wasn't here to give my pick, but I was incredibly high on Iowa State last week. I I think that the Big 12 is such a fraud division this year. Yeah. I've mentioned it so many times with Oklahoma. I think they're going to, and we'll get into that, they're going to slip and get caught. Um, sorry, my laptop started playing a, a little bit of uh, music while I was looking up some stats. Um, Iowa State Came into the season, super high expectations, number seven team in the country. Uh, they got Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, who looked to be two of the premier college football play- players this year. I liked Iowa State. I kind of predicted this coming. I didn't mention it to either of you guys, so you can call me a liar all you want. Uh, but I wasn't here to give my picks. Um, Big 12, fraud division, another fraud team, highly overrated because they were undefeated, didn't have a signature win, and uh, Iowa State comes in, takes care of business. I mean, the the, the Monday morning quarterback. Let's see these uh, notes before time, Danny. No, <laughs> um, I, I believe you uh, because you will admit when you're wrong. And so, yeah, you know, it, it was tough for Oklahoma State to lose for the show last week, but didn't really like ever see them as a perimeter team. Um, I don't think they deserve a ton of talk. Let's move on though. Uh, we'll touch on a few other games before we get into next week. Oregon, you know, they hold on versus UCLA. UCLA has the ball left, uh, driving at the end of the game. Oregon gets a stop on defense. They move back up to number seven. It's interesting here. You look at Oregon's season. You, you take away that one loss, and obviously they're a top four team. You can't do that in Cutter Bowl. It seems like they can't really jump. Ahead more, and I think this um, this week nine game between Michigan and Michigan State can only help them bump up more if they continue to do their thing. You know they will be favored in every game they play this year, and so it's kind of to be a little theoretical. But like you wonder if they do have a playoff chance. You know every time you think a team is like solidified, they kind of fall off. One of those second tier teams, I should say, like a Penn State, like an Iowa, something like that. So I think there's a scenario with that Ohio State win um, that Oregon can get back in, but it's going to be really tough. I'm curious what you guys think on that. Ooh, I don't know, man. This Oregon team, obviously they had that signature win versus Ohio State early on in the year. They look good. The thing is, Pac-12 is such a weak – the Pac-12 is such a weak division. And I was wrong on this Oregon-UCLA game, by the way. I did pick UCLA. 
but Oregon did stuff that they needed to win. I'll get to that in a second. Oregon has their signature win. Danny, you talked a lot about signature wins mattering a lot. Oregon has their signature win. Lost to Stanford. Obviously, massive killer. That's gonna that killed their season for a little bit, but Oregon's definitely back in the mix. I don't consider them a playoff team. We got to see how stuff shakes out. Stuff could shake out very differently, and Oregon could really have a shot at sneaking into that fourth seed. However, I this win against UCLA was massive because this is a this is not a bad UCLA team at all. This UCLA team, I for re, there's a reason why I picked them to win. I think they were favored going into the game. And they have, and yeah, they were favored by one. Um, very good offense. They have a very good offense. You look at Th- Dorian Thompson Robinson, playmaker. He's just, he's a very fun player to watch. He threw a touchdown, but he also threw a pick and also ran for a touchdown. The key for Oregon coming to this game was stopping the run. I know that they had a couple of short touchdowns led by Britton Brown, but the guy I was worried about most for UCLA was Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet is one of the best running backs in the nation. Absolutely dominating college football this year. They held Zach Charbonnet to 35 yards on 2.3 yards per carry and no touchdowns this week. That's a massive performance by the Oregon defense. Oregon defense showed up big time this week. And if you look at their offense, their rushing attack was really just, it wasn't anything like spectacular numbers wise, but they had five rushing touchdowns this week. That is what won them the game. Anthony Brown, not the best quarterback, but he, he can run the ball. He ran for a touchdown. Travis Dye, he broke, I think I think it was a college football record, four straight carries with a touchdown this past week. How insane is that? That That's like unbelievable numbers right there. You, And it's so funny because he only had 35 yards on the game, and he averaged 2.5 yards per carry. His longest run was six yards. Four touchdown runs in a row, that's absolutely insane. So the key to the game, UCLA could not stop the goal line running attack of Oregon. Oregon stopped the running attack versus UCLA. Kayvon Thibodeau played a fantastic game. Further solidifies the spot as, in my opinion, the number one draft pick in this upcoming NFL draft. Oregon could sneak into the playoffs. I don't see it happening, but they are definitely in the mix right now. Danny, what do you think? I think Oregon 100% has a route. Uh, it's just not up to them. They don't control their own destiny. That's that's the biggest issue with Oregon. Oregon needs a couple things to happen. Obviously, uh the buzzsaw of Michigan and Ohio State is going to come uh, to a to a head at some point this year. Whether we see that game twice or not is is a different story. Um, but Oregon has a route. If Georgia holds their own, continues to play their style of football and beats Alabama in the SEC championship, which I think is is almost a given that that's the game we're going to see oh, at this point. Yet. I was going to say, yeah. Um, but Oregon has a route. It's just the Pac-12 is a very weak division, so we shall see what happens there. I think Oregon's a decent football team. It's just there's teams that are way better than them, and the Pac-12 is weak. They're going to be soft going into it, and it could be another situation back in, what was it, 2014 with Mariota, and they just go and get steamrolled by Alabama. Well, I think like if they were able to somehow get into a situation like that, they take it. Um, honestly, I feel like they could just get caught up in the Pac-12 again, like we just like they did versus Stanford a few weeks ago. But it's certainly something to keep an eye on. I think we could be like three weeks down the line, and we'd have a, we'd have scenarios for each team, and they would have a very realistic scenario. I think it's not really out of the question. It's just as you said, Danny, you don't control your own destiny when you lose Stanford. Um, that's just the reality of it. So a few other games, you know, I think we're gonna talk about SMU in a little bit. Um, and so that is because they play Cincinnati. And I want to go over Cincinnati just really quickly because they beat unranked Navy 27-20. to Final score may look a little closer than the actual game was, but Cincinnati was on the ropes a little bit in the second quarter. Uh, they were losing, I think, with a few minutes left to go before halftime. And you look at their schedule. We've kind of talked about um, them just be- giving them running the table here, but there's a game I think three weeks away, or four weeks away, November 20th, that's kind of looming now. Um, Cincinnati is at home versus SMU. SMU is sneaky 7-0. They're now number 19 in the country. They just beat up on Tulane 55-26. That game, I, we've talked all season about how it was just a given Cincinnati will win. I don't know if it's the case anymore. I think that's one you look at. It could be It could be one of real intrigue, I think. That's absolutely Cincinnati's season. Now, they have to get to that game undefeated, and who knows what SMU does, but Cincinnati showed they were a little vulnerable versus Navy, so I think that 
is just that's big picture. We don't need to talk about that. But I'm wondering from your guys' perspective, looking at Cincinnati, still number two, still undefeated, is your confidence still there? Has it wavered a little bit? Do you guys think this is still very likely to be a playoff team? 100%. I mean, if they win out, they're a guaranteed playoff team pretty much. Um, I think that this is a good, very, very, very good Cincinnati team. Well coached. Luke Fickle is one of the best coaches in the nation. I'm confident saying that. They played one probably their worst game of the season against uh, Navy, and still they made it look not close. And Navy scored a garbage time touchdown to make it closer than it looked, and Cincinnati did struggle in the first half. But when Cincinnati got comfortable, there was no stopping that attack. Desmond Ritter, um, Jerome Ford, that's a dual threat right there. That's an unbelievable quarterback-running back combo. Nobody's stopping that team when they're hot. This is a very this is a very good Cincinnati team we're talking about. This is no joke. This is not like your UCF of the twenty four like sixty eight whatever that year that was. This is not like your past like Boise State teams. This is a good Cincinnati team. So yes, I do think they're a playoff team. They did get a little sloppy against Navy. Trap game, some may say. Because Navy's not a good football team. They're like one in five. I think they're uh they're now one in six. But this is this is a very good Cincinnati team. Nobody should underestimate them. I think they are definitely a playoff team. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Cincinnati is is good. I saw them take down my Irish this year. That was that was a killer to my playoff chances hopes. Um, Cincinnati's a good football team. Navy always, no matter what, they play tough. They play that triple option style of football. It's it's tough to defend against. the The way to beat it is to have better athletes than your opponent that's running that option. I ran that that uh, style in high school. Oh. Um, so I'm I'm very very aware of how hard it is to stop the triple option. Cincinnati was able to do it. Um, and we see I I see Navy play every year because they play Notre Dame every year. Navy is always a very 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 tough win. Uh, you might win the game every year, but they are going to take a lot out of you. I still think Cincinnati is a very good football team. They're going to figure it out. Uh, I'm not not concerned. Yeah, I'm not concerned either. I think the team I'm much more concerned about is Oklahoma. And they also had a—this game was way closer, and the final score actually wasn't as close. But this game, in reality, was a lot closer than the Cincinnati game. They they survived versus Kansas. I don't know how we want to phrase it here. It got really sloppy. It took, in my opinion, the play of the season in terms of unexpectedness. And when it came in the game, it was, I think, a fourth and one with around three to five minutes left. Don't know the exact scenario, but— you know, uh, Brooks is stopped in the backfield, and Caleb Williams just rips the ball from him and dives forward for a first down. I was watching the replay, not knowing what I was going to see, and I had to see it like three or four times, had to show everyone I was with. Unbelievable play, and that's kind of been the way that Oklahoma's season has gone, where they're going to get the win, they're going to make the play, but it's not going to be pretty. They're gonna, It's going to look like it might really blow up on them. Another tough gritty win in a game where they should always just beat the doors off Kansas. This game should be one you turn off after the first quarter every year. It wasn't that at all. It really looked like Kansas had legitimate shots to win this game. And, you know, Oklahoma, we've talked about, they've been playing with fire all year. I've picked them to lose uh, versus TCU. Danny picked them to lose versus Texas. We're kind of waiting for it. It still hasn't happened. Maybe you talked about Oklahoma State game. Maybe that's when it happens. Or is this just what Oklahoma is this year? Are they going to win every week? And is it going to be close? I don't know. I still, guys, don't have a good read on Oklahoma. Yeah, I don't know where to uh, gauge Oklahoma. I will say Caleb Williams, play of the season. Such a genius play. For a freshman quarterback, that takes some guts. That takes some courage. And that takes a lot of brains right there to make that play. Be honest, I'm not gonna take a shot at Spencer Rattler because I don't think he makes that play. But I'm um, taking a shot at Spencer Rattler. And I'm going to take a shot at Spencer Rattler, of course. It's it's a every episode thing. Yeah. But um, I didn't want to, but it, it had it had it coming. Yeah. Um, this Oklahoma team, yes, they scared the hell. They scared me hard. I don't like. I don't know how the hell they came to this game and only won by 12. And this was not a 12 point win. This is. They were in, like, Kansas was in this game. Kansas was winning pretty much all game. And this is a Kansas team who has not been good since 2008. This is an atrocious football program. One of the worst in the Power Five, probably the worst Power Five program there is. They were beating, beating Oklahoma, the number four ranked college football team, number three at last week, like 17 7. 
They had they shut Oklahoma out in the first half. That's massive, by the way. This is an Oklahoma offense that's supposed to be a juggernaut. You got Caleb Williams, Kennedy Brooks, Jaden Hasselwood. Like you got a very and like a very very talented Marvin Mims. This is a very talented Oklahoma offense, but we don't know where to gauge this Oklahoma team. Yes, you, you mentioned it before when you said you picked TCU over Oklahoma, then you picked Texas over Oklahoma. Oklahoma has the next four weeks are going to be brutal for them. Texas Tech, not the best team, but Texas Tech. If you know anything, they put up points. They've done it for the last thirty years. I don't know. Baylor at Baylor. Iowa State at home, and then Oklahoma State on the road. These are three ranked opponents that Oklahoma should not take lightly. So Oklahoma could easily lose all, like lose one of those games. Could lose two. Could lose three, or they could go undefeated. Who knows? But I don't. I'm not very sure where this Oklahoma team stands. Caleb Williams gives me inspires a lot more confidence in me uh, uh, for um, this Oklahoma team than Spencer Rattler did. I think he's rattled. The troops have rallied around him. But uh, this this win per se this past week does not inspire any confidence in me from the Oklahoma Sooners I'll be honest with you man thank you for leaving me with stuff to talk about Tyler (laughs) Um, I'm not I'm not sure I could have said anything more to that that would give you a better outlook (laughs) on Oklahoma football the only thing that I really have to add is just to reiterate I have said all year long Oklahoma is going to slip Oklahoma is going to slip I thought it was going to be this week they got the, the next four weeks are brutal. They got 5-3 and three Texas Tech. Then they play 16 Baylor, 22 Iowa State, who just took down Oklahoma State this past week, like we mentioned, and 15 Oklahoma State in the final week. And then on top of that, if somehow, some way, they win these games, they got to go play in the Big 12 championship where they're going to replay either Baylor, Iowa State, or Oklahoma State, I would imagine. And... You know what they when you play a team twice, the loser has the advantage. At some point, Oklahoma is going to get caught. I don't know when it's going to be. I would imagine it's going to be in one of these next four weeks. If I'm wrong, you know I've I've made a couple of horrendous takes. <laughs> Iowa on my life, they're going to make blah blah blah. <laughs> Oklahoma is not a good football team. I don't know when they're going to finally finally get the blows torn off of them, but it's going to happen and. I would say I'm going to put my life on that, but don't, last time I did that, it Danny. did not go well for me. <laughs> Danny, we can't if, lose your life twice. If okay, Oklahoma don't do it. wins the national championship, like you would just complete the perfect season. I'll, I'll, draw, I'll drop have, out of college. Listen, yeah. if Oklahoma wins the national championship, you have to buy Spencer Rattler jersey. If, if Oklahoma wins the national championship, I will transfer to Oklahoma and do this <laughs> do this remotely next You heard year. it here first, College Gridiron. Um, I'll, I'll tell you when they're not going to lose. It's this week at home versus Texas Tech. But after that... They go on the road. They play number 16, Baylor. Then they're home versus Iowa State. And then they're on the road versus Oklahoma State. So one of those three, if what we've been saying, what we've been seeing with our own eyes, it's not even like we're just saying it. What we've been seeing that this is not the number four team in the country. If that is the case, they will lose one of those three games. Um, But we're going to see, you know, a lot of times with Oklahoma – They'll sneak in, they'll backdoor this four, and then they'll just get humiliated versus Georgia yes. or Alabama or Ohio State, whoever it is. Or even Cincinnati. Yeah, I, I think they would lose Cincinnati too. I agree. I, think I don't they know will. if they get the door and blow it off. But that's not really uh, a conversation to have right now. So I see I see at least five to ten teams that are ex- exceptionally better than this Oklahoma yes, team. I yeah, fully agree there. I think so too. I think if they're in the Big Ten, they could be a three-loss team. I, uh, let's put yeah. Notre Dame uh, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma. Give me oh, give Dame. me that oh, New Danny. Year's Six Bowl. Notre Dame, roll Irish. They're just uh, Oklahoma sucks. I, that's uh, that's all I got to say. Oklahoma sucks. Well, I can't. <laughs> I cannot wait to watch them lose. Spencer Rattler. I'm gonna agree with Tyler here. Never been a huge fan. Can't wait to see him transfer to Texas next year. We <laughs> we will see. Listen, I can't lie. Danny Scott, Oklahoma University class 2023 has a good ring to it. It does have a ring to it. Um, oh man, <laughs> I don't, don't think that'll happen. Um, but at the same time. The reason we talk about Oklahoma every week, we don't talk about Georgia, we don't talk about Bam every single week. We talk about Oklahoma every week, it's because every game is close, and we have to kind of give our take on what we're seeing. It's really interesting uh, dichotomy there between the two. So, um, you know, we're going to move on to week nine. The slate is better than last week. That is the good news for us. We'll get into, I think there's one absolute huge game of the week, has game of the year implications, um, has season on the line for uh, Michigan, Michigan State, 
But before you get into that, we'll get into um, an SEC game. We'll get into another one as well. I just want to look. Maybe there's a game flying under the radar. There usually is. Last week, Tyler, you called UCLA Oregon. Being a game to watch. Danny, I'll start with you this time. Are there any games that you know are not going to get maybe all the views early on, but you see being really good? Yeah, finally, I get a chance to talk before uh, Wikipedia over there starts spouting <laughs> off his knowledge. I, I got a bunch. I got a bunch of of games flying under the radar. First, I'm gonna do my little homer pick: Notre Dame versus North Carolina, Sam Howell versus Jack Cohn. We'll see if the not or the the Irish with their new hurry up Jack offense can can figure out a way to get it done the line's only three and a half favoring Notre Dame but uh North Carolina came in this year with a high high expectations Sam Hell uh Heisman runner we'll see I like that game I also I'll, I'll leave Tyler with some some to talk about because I know he loves SMU versus Houston this week um number 21 San Diego State versus Fresno State that game this is my West Coast coming out in me because, you know, I'm a California kid. That game is going to be stellar. Fresno State has been ranked this week or this year. Uh, San Diego State is ranked right now at San Diego State minus one. That is a game that I'm going to be locked into late on Saturday night. Uh, I mean, what an incredible matchup for, for the non-Power 5 conference. This is going to be such a good game. Tune in. Danny, I could not agree more with that last game. Oh my God, I can. I'm going to watch that game. Uh, Fresno State, San Diego State, um, both great teams. Jake Hayner, we could see him put on another gutsy performance. He's a stud for Fresno State. I yes, you mentioned it. SMU Houston, that's my uh, sneaky game of the week. SMU still undefeated, seven and zero. Very very good football team. Um, you're going to see November twentieth is going to be a massive massive game. Two potentially top ten teams by the, by that, that time, um, SMU and Cincinnati. Two teams I think will be undefeated by that day, and only one team will come out on top. And it's going to be obviously that's going to be probably one of the games of the year. Um, but this SMU Houston game is going to be fantastic. Let's get to SMU, the team I'm a little more tr- intrigued about, and the team I think will win this game, led by Oklahoma transfer Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai, was, he was like sitting behind Jalen Hurts for a little bit. Kyler Murray, like he's got the experience, and oh my God, has he blown the doors off of the a- double AAC this year, American Conference? I forget what it's called. He is a an unbelievable quarterback. He's vaulted himself into the like QB like NFL conversation. Twenty nine touchdowns on seventy one percent completion percentage, just tearing up the American Conference, and he's he's just. He's another Oklahoma product. I know he's a transfer, but he's an absolute stud. He's been vaulting the SMU uh, Mustangs offense to new heights that we haven't seen before. I really like what he brings to that team. Um, this Houston team, Houston's always tough. They um, they obviously have a very balanced attack. Um, I like what Houston brings, but I do think that SMU wins this game. I'd say like 10. I'd say a 10-point game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to but I don't think it's going to be like a nail-biter. I think it's going to be a very fun game. High scoring, no doubt about it. It's the over under 61.5. I'm going to take the over on that one. Not a betting man, but I would give betting advice with the over under at least. Not a betting man, but I'll give betting advice. I will give. Don't listen, hey, 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 don't be that guy, but I did go want to know on that um, over under last week. I will just say. How, how were the rest of your takes? Um, kind kind of cold. Yeah. Kind of cold. Hey hey, one UCLA. And, fine fine fine. Um, one 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 and two, sir. One and two. But um, the, at least the over under. I know I know that one. I know I I'm gonna lock it in. SMU Houston's okay. gonna be over. So that's would you, your. Would you put your life on it? <laughs> Should I? No. Oh, no, I'm not gonna do but it. I want to be here next week. That's your weekly over under. I yep. think that's a thing that. We I should guess. Just do. Should we do it? Yeah, yeah I'll do not? it. That's uh, weekly over under. I'll I'll go negative here. I'm in a good mood, but I don't know. I'll go negative for some reason. A game that should, you know, every year be look at the schedule and be like, oh, this is going to be the game of the week is Georgia-Florida. Yeah. I don't see this being a very good game. Right now, Georgia is favored by 14. That's the highest since, like, 1971. They've been favored versus Florida. They're at Florida as well. And Florida's not necessarily a horrible football team. We saw them take Bama to the two-yard line, literally on a two-point conversion, to tie the game with, like, a minute left. So, you know, I think that shows everything about Georgia. I don't expect that game 
to that close. Another one, you know, probably we forgot to talk about this one last week, is Wake Forest. I was just looking at all this stuff. The Wake Forest plays Duke this week. They should blow the doors off them. They're ranked 13. Right now, the over-under in that one's 70, and that brought me back to last week when they scored 70 on their own uh, versus Army. So <laughs> that offense is really explosive. I know. I think we said we're going to talk about them. I think maybe pump the brakes, you know, looking at the schedule. They've played no one. They'll play UNC and Clemson coming up. Those teams are not ranked, but at the same time, they give you a new level of respect. Obviously, Clemson has so much more talent. So we'll see what happens with Wake Forest. Um, we had an interesting conversation before the show. Personally, I can't see, you know, if they go undefeated, I think it's a conversation. Uh, we've seen ACC teams go undefeated and make the playoff like Clemson every year. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, now let's get into the bigger games, though. Um, you know, I guess we'll start with – Let's start with Ohio State-Penn State because we've talked about at least Penn State a ton. This is one where if you if you didn't have last week, Penn State had a chance to completely flip their season and finally take over uh, this rivalry. It has been dominated by Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State's been dominating every Big Ten rivalry lately, but it's 5 versus 20. Ohio State, since that Oregon loss, is just pummeling teams. Um, I think the last four weeks they've won by – over 150 combined points, and they haven't played necessarily elite competition, but it looks like Ohio State is clicking at, I guess, the right time. I mean, the right time is probably a month from now, but if this is who Ohio State is, if the offense is as good as we've seen, we know the receivers, they have maybe the best combination in college football. I see this being a blowout. I don't really put much stock into this game being anything close. Curious what you guys think. Um, Danny, you want to go first or... Yeah, I'll, I'll start off. I, I agree with you, Ryan. Um, Ohio State is figuring it out at the right time. They got to win out right now to make the playoffs, and it looks like they're going to be able to do that this year, um, hopefully. But Ohio State, way too high power offense. The game is being played at Ohio State. Penn State coming off two bad losses in a row, losing to Iowa two weeks ago and this past week, Illinois, as we touched on. But I like... Ohio State by a million in this game. Could not agree more. Uh, Ohio State is going to blow the doors off Penn State this week, make it three bad losses in a row because Penn State is not coming within 25 of this team. This Ohio State team is disgusting. They are unbelievable. You know what uh, has changed everything for them? I think I just read this in the ESPN article this morning. Um, Ohio State, after that Tulsa game where they gave up, they only gave up 20 points, but they gave up a ton of yards. They changed uh, defensive play callers. And since then, they've given up 7 points, 13 points, 17 points, 7 points. This is a this is a completely different Ohio State team than we saw at the start of the year. C.J. Stroud started to get comfortable as a quarterback. He's become a really, really good quarterback. Um, they have the best one of the best running attacks in college football, led by like fr- true freshman Travion Henderson. This kid's a true freshman. He's dominating the Big Ten, 600, uh, 693 yards. And 11 touchdowns. And, like, they got other guys. Master Teague, who was supposed to be a stud. And he's, like, their third-string running back, and he's still a great player. This is a deep Ohio State team. And we didn't even, I didn't even mention their receiving core. Garrett Wilson is going to be a first-round pick. Uh, Chris Lave is going to be a first-round pick. Um, Jackson Smith and Najigba, he's not even eligible, but he's a stud. Um, this is... This is an unbelievable Ohio State team. I'll tell you right now, I know, look at their schedule. Their schedule is going to be tough. They got, well, I don't consider Penn State a tough game anymore. They're going to kill them. But back, last two games of the season, Purdue, I, no, actually, I'm not. Gonna, I'm going to mention Purdue because Purdue is always a trap game for every single Big Ten team. We know this. Uh, Iowa, hello. Um, Michigan State and Penn, uh, Michigan are going to be two tough games. But I'm going to be honest right now. I'll tell you right now. You heard it here first. Ohio State's not losing another game until the college football playoff. I don't think you have been the first one to say that. I know, but I just want I just for uh I just want to say it right now, and I can't wait to be wrong because I'm gonna it's gonna I'm gonna look so stupid by the time Michigan State beats them. But um, this Ohio State team is disgusting. Like I said, they changed uh, defensive play callers, and it's been night and day. So I think this Ohio State team is by far the best team in the Big Ten, and they're going to dominate Penn State this week. Yeah, we're all in agreement. We don't need to spend too much time on that one. Let's spend even less time. Uh, We'll do a Big Ten SEC sandwich here for these three games. Um, So we'll go with the SEC game. I guess it's the game of the week. Alabama's off. We talked about Georgia-Florida. Number 10 Ole Miss versus 18 Auburn. The thing that's funny with Auburn is every time they kind of get 
humbled or anything happen. It's like they take a step forward. It's one step forward, one step back. Kind of, you know, they get just embarrassed by Georgia, can't move the ball at all. Then they handle Arkansas as underdogs. And then I see a similar pattern here. I'm looking at the schedule. They are at home versus Ole Miss. I've been riding Ole Miss basically all year, number 10, I think. They are in a great position to get in your six bowl. I don't see Bo Nix um, and Auburn's offense being able to keep up with Matt Corral. So I'm going to take Ole Miss here. Not going to think too much of it. This game, though, doesn't mean a ton because I think both these teams, their seasons are pretty much over in playoff implications, everything like that. They've played their big games. But I'm going to take Ole Miss here versus Auburn. Um, I'm going to actually be the opposite. I don't really know why, but I'm going to take Auburn. Ole Miss is unbelievable on offense, at least. Matt Corral, he's your guy, Ryan. Yep. Uh, Matt Corral is an unbelievable quarterback. Probably going to be the first or second quarterback taken this year in the draft. And I think he's going to have a great game. The thing is, I just think this Auburn, if they can run the ball like they usually do, Tank Bigsby um, and um, Jarquez Hunter, they can cont- control the clock, run the ball a lot. I think they win this game, and I think they can against this Ole Miss defense. Auburn's defense isn't too bad, um, and they're at home, home favorites. I do think Auburn wins this game, and it's going to be a very close game, I'll tell you that, but I think Auburn wins this game. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with Ryan on this one. I think Oklahoma or, uh, Ole Miss's offense is just way too high-powered. Uh, Matt Corral's a stud. Uh, this might be my over of the week. It's 66 Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, let's put up some points. Uh, it is at Auburn, like you mentioned, Ryan. I just think that the offense is too good. They're just going to outscore them. I mean, the thing is, I, with the over there, can you trust Auburn to put up the necessary points? That's No, it's going to be o- or, uh, sorry, Oklahoma. Ole Miss, 75-0. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, if that happens, we have it clipped. So that could that could work wonders. But let's get to really – the game of the week, the one that I absolutely care about the most. No close second. We had it circled last week. I almost wanted to talk about it last week, Tyler, yep. because we are so starved right. for a big matchup. It's Michigan versus Michigan State at Michigan State. Michigan number six, Michigan State number eight. They are finally, I mean, I wouldn't say finally. Mel Tucker is only in his third year there, but they have kind of risen to what you'd expect Michigan State to be, and Michigan has looked great this year. Now, the thing with both teams, they really haven't played anyone. Mm -hmm. They really haven't played anyone. They've survived versus Nebraska, both of them, and I think this is a great test. Michigan, though, has definitely looked better. Um, The spread tells you that, too. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, and I know it'll be a crazy atmosphere. I know I have friends at Michigan. They're going to be at the game at Michigan State. So I'm really pumped for it. I think anytime these two teams play, magic can happen. It's interesting, too, because this is always Michigan State's game of the year, but it's not Michigan's because we know them and Ohio State have a long-time rivalry. But this was one that I can't see it not living up to the hype just based on where these two teams are right now. It's Harbaugh looking for that signature win. I don't think this would classify as that win. And then for Michigan State, though, this would classify as a signature win. But both teams need this game for their season. So, Danny, I will start with you. What are you leaning in this game? I like Michigan. Uh, You know me, Niners fan. Jim Harbaugh, wish he was still in the Bay. I take that back. I love Kyle Shanahan. But for a while there, I wish he was still in the Bay. Um, Michigan, I think they're just they're too good. They're, they have, Like you said, they haven't played anyone yet, but I see this team as one of the top six teams in college football. I think Michigan State is a little bit overrated. They haven't really played anyone. Their biggest win was against a number 24 Miami team that does not look good anymore. I mean... Michigan State has done what they should have done all year, and I think Michigan's just a little bit too better. We mentioned uh, the rivalry. I think Michigan is going to be a little bit more cool, calm, and collected coming into this game. The game is at Michigan State, which is a little tough for Michigan, but uh, I like Michigan in this one. I think they get it done. I think it's a close game, a one-score game, but I think Michigan is the better football team, and they'll find a way to win. Um, I'm going to take the opposite. I'm taking Michigan Ooh. State in this game. Uh, I said it before the show. Listen, all I'm going to say is it's going to be a very slow paced. It's not going to be. I don't think it's going. To, I don't know low scoring, high score, but it's going to be slow paced for sure. Both teams are phenomenal rushing attacks. You look at both teams. Um, 
Not the best quarterback play on uh, Michigan side. Cade McNamara is not the best. People have been clamoring for J.J. McCarthy, the freshman quarterback. Don't know where I stand on that. But um, Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins are a dual threat in that uh, Michigan backfield. Both over 600 yards, both 10 touchdowns. Um, So we see that Michigan can run the ball very well. Michigan State, on the other hand, has a Heisman candidate in the fold. Kenneth Walker III, the Wake Forest transfer, is three yards away from 1,000. He's 997. Nine touchdowns, absolutely carrying that Michigan State offense. And the reason why I say that Michigan State's going to win this game is because if they need to pass the ball, I I have more confidence in Peyton Thorne than I do in Cade McNamara. I think Peyton Thorne's been a very solid quarterback, not spectacular. 15 touchdowns to four interceptions inspires a lot more confidence than five touchdowns to one interception. Completion percentage isn't crazy, but hey, if this game is anything like past year games, it's going to be chaos. All I can really hope for right now is Gus Johnson on this game. I want Gus Johnson as my play-by-play announcer on this game. I want another block punt, and I want another pandemonium moment because because this michigan michigan state game i think it was like 2017 with that with that kid with the uh, the glasses and his face that's one of the greatest college football moments of all time with his hand on his head one of the greatest moments i've ever seen i want gus johnson on this game because it's fox it's a fox game so there's a high chance he's on this game easily the game of the week easily the game of the week it's it's gonna be a phenomenal game and as i said the key to the game i said we know it's the both teams can run the ball, but I think I'm more confident in Peyton Thorne passing the ball than Cade McNamara, and this is why I think that Michigan State will win this game. Yeah, you know, you you pretty much hit on everything, Danny. Now I know how you feel going after Tyler. Um, but it's funny because you brought up how Kenneth Walker, he's absolutely a Heisman candidate, leads college football in rushing yards uh, per game, 142. But Michigan averages 50 more rushing yards a game. Right. They just have kind of a, a multi – they can hit you for multiple aspects on the running – side of things so it's going to be very slow you talked about it may not really you know they're not going to be really passing the ball a lot um in this one i think until they have to but i'm gonna side with danny here so we're gonna actually agree with every pick which wow let's see how that's that's tough for you i'm sorry Uh, i can't wait to (laughs) Um, be i just think michigan's the better football team i think it's maybe a year too early for michigan state they've absolutely overachieved They've been they've been very fortunate to win some of these games. That Nebraska game, you know, if they lose that game, this is probably like a a six versus twenty three matchup here because that suddenly it hurts their stock a lot. Obviously, they won that game, but they've had to survive a lot more than Michigan. Michigan's just looked more complete. The defense has looked a little bit better to me, so I'm gonna ride with Michigan here. Um, also, like just from a selfish perspective. I want Michigan to win from the college football aspect of I want the game, the Ohio State-Michigan game, meaning everything when those two teams play. It's no fun when Michigan season's over five weeks before, which has happened a lot in recent years. I want it to be like a number five versus number four matchup, essentially a playoff game. I think that is when college football is at its best. So that's how I'm kind of selfishly rooting for that. But I think that is going to do it for us today on College Gridiron, a production of WFUV Sports.